the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal, too. Roughly 300 people that were there to celebrate the end of Roe versus Wade. Obviously, very peaceful celebration. Well, the bottom line comes from the Bible. We are to have no fellowship with darkness. I didn't agree with teachers or anybody, for that matter, teaching my children that they didn't have the same opportunities as other children, simply based on the color of their skin. The folks today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant, and they're targeting even younger children. When we are counting ourselves as believers, that we need to count the cost of being a follower of Jesus. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal, too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute commentaries right here on The Word Columbus on Tuesdays and Thursdays just after 4 p.m. right before The Bob Bernie Show. And be sure to check out all our resources for parents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids, and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. We love to spotlight alternatives for families who are eager to avoid the very questionable public schools, and today we're going to talk with the head of a really fine school alternative just opening in Columbus, Columbus Classical Academy, CCA. We're interviewing Daniel Gibson, who's the headmaster of CCA. And so pay attention, friends. This may be just what your family is looking for. So let's tune in to my interview with Dan Gibson, headmaster of the new Columbus Classical Academy. We're talking with Dan Gibson, who is the headmaster of the new Columbus Classical Academy. So, Dan, this is such an exciting project. Tell us a little bit about the origin of CCA and why a group came together to form this new alternative for education for Columbus area children. Sure, and thanks for having me, Linda. Um, As you might imagine, the story is probably a little bit different for each of the folks involved in the founding. Um, but my own experience was probably like a lot of parents during COVID and some of the more recent uh, sort of upheaval, I guess you will, in, in schools. Uh, a lot of parents started paying a little bit more attention um, and uh, were looking for educational options for their kids, sometimes just because they weren't in school and other times because of either what was or wasn't being taught. And a group of us sort of came together through, honestly, the hand of Providence and, and also just a common search 
uh, and came upon the Hillsdale College K-12 initiative. Okay. And that is the initiative that is providing us with the curriculum that we'll be teaching from um, and decided it was time to, to found a private school in Columbus that taught that. That's a, that's a really good curriculum, as I've heard. I haven't looked at it real closely. Can you kind of just give us a quick run-through of what the Hillsdale curriculum is like? Sure. Um, you know, I guess the best way to describe it is you might look at it as it's just a very traditional curriculum, uh, which it is in many respects. Um, it's been developed over a number of years. It is a traditional liberal arts, classical liberal arts curriculum, and it has a couple of features. One is it's extremely content-rich, so it's got a lot of uh, knowledge-based uh, courses in it. You know, science, you study the natural sciences, biology, chemistry, physics. You study uh, history, both of the ancient world uh, as well as Western civilization. Um, there is the introduction of things like Greek and Latin roots in the fourth and fifth grade, I think. You begin Latin sixth grade. There's a deep uh, and honest look at American history. Um, and a lot of these subjects are also then repeated uh, because as a classical school, uh, although we don't follow a rigid adherence to what's called the trivium, you have stages in children's learning development. And so they'll go through uh, these bodies of knowledge uh, in sequence, um, usually about three times, you know, first through fourth grade, fifth through eighth grade, and then through high school at different levels of depth. Um, and uh, intensity. And so that's sort of the, the academic side of it. And then there's also the component of classical education that also emphasizes teaching virtue. Teaching virtue. So that sounds really, really positive to an awful lot of us parents. Uh, tell, tell us what you mean by teaching virtue. Does that mean that you might not be covering some of the more radical elements of, for instance, gender ideology that we see in a lot of the schools right now? Yeah, I mean, our, our uh, focus, and if, I would encourage folks, if they're curious, to go to the website and, and take a look. We have a section on our virtues. Um, we have adopted the seven classical virtues. Um, as you might imagine, the classical virtues are not you know, specific to any particular period of time or particular political controversy. These are uh, the characteristics of a, a sort of a well-ordered and, and governed life, mm-hmm. things like fortitude and prudence, um, faith, hope, and charity. And a component not only of the curriculum but of the culture of the school is to recognize that the, the mission of an education, particularly a K-12 education, is to equip a student to live a good life. And however, you know, you know politics or uh, civic life changes over the course of time, that these will be habits of virtue uh, that they will be able to draw upon both from a personal standpoint but also to engage in their political community when they become adults and that becomes their responsibility. So how are you preparing for opening? You are slated to open in 2023, is that correct? That's correct. There are a lot of moving pieces, as you might imagine, um, but we'll be opening our doors in the fall of 23. Uh, We just recently, at the beginning of October, opened uh, for early application period. Um, There's an application process that's laid out in detail on the the website. We've already begun receiving a number of applications uh, from interested families. We're also in the process, we're in contract in a property in the Polaris area, which uh, we're very pleased is, uh, if it works out, which we certainly hope and pray that it does, will be, I think, within about 25 minutes or less of just about every major school district in the central Ohio area um, from a travel standpoint. And then um, uh, we're also engaged uh, in uh, you know, the standard you know, fundraising processes that any kind of private school is going to need to engage in to launch. And 
been you know very pleased with our progress so far, but there's still quite a bit of work to be done. Mm-hmm. So you are a private school, not a charter school, correct? That's correct. Yes, and so, but not specifically religious. However, with a classical education, that it will end up probably covering a lot of Judeo-Christian Western civilization. Would that be correct to phrase it that way? I think that's absolutely right, yeah. And, and part of that is a recognition of the function of history and the culture and civilization in which we live. To teach that honestly, you have to recognize those influences. But it's also the case that, um, you know, we, we hold what would be a non-chartered, non-public school. Uh, and that means that we won't be receiving funds from the state. And part of the uh, reason that we're able to do that is because we do have sincerely held moral and religious beliefs that inform the mission of the school, even though the school itself is not predicated upon any religious instruction and doesn't require a statement of faith uh, from enrollees. What will be the cost, um, projected cost for a student? Presently, we're projecting somewhere in the eleven to $15,000 a year range, which is about half of what I think what you might call the elite private schools uh, in the central Ohio area. You know, we're hopeful and, and we would be able to accept backpack bill funding without compromising our commitment to not taking direct government funding if that were to ever pass. Um, and, uh, you know, but we recognize that, you know, the independence of the school uh, from from any, you know, significant state influence does come with, with a cost. Um, but we'll do whatever we can to make it affordable to families. Mm-hmm. Will there be financial aid or scholarships available, are you thinking at this point, or is it too soon to tell? It's too soon to tell that right now. Obviously, we would love to be able to do that, uh, but we, we don't want to make any commitments until uh, we have a better sense of uh, exactly what we would have the ability to do. I am so excited to see a, um, a school like yours open myself. I My children are, of course, they're grown and I have grandchildren, and so that would be wonderful if they could attend. But what are you hearing? Are you getting a great response? Do you think there is a, a, a big demand for a school like yours? I do. Um, I do think a big part of it is getting the word out and letting people know uh, that it's available. But um, we have had very positive responses, and we put on some information nights and had good attendance at those. Um, and if folks are interested, they can go to our website. There's an events page that that lists the location and time of those. We're also really grateful to folks like you, Linda, for for just um, publicizing it and making it known. I think a lot of the founding efforts of schools like this is is really just educating the community, both that you're coming and what your vision of education is and and why it's a good and necessary thing. And so as the word gets out more, um, I think the, the popularity will grow. But we've already started to see very early on in the process uh, a, a good uh, uh, submission of applications, and we hope to see that uh, expand further. You know, I was looking a little bit on your website about your curriculum and was delighted to read that you are um, employing an approach that will be teacher-led rather than child-centered, which seems to be sort of the current trend in education. Can you just talk to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's important to, you know, make sure there's so much jargon in education today that sometimes concepts get lost. Um, you know, child-centered is a phrase that's often used. Uh, in one sense, we'll, we'll obviously be very child-centered in the sense that the recognition that the education is for the purpose of educating the child and that every teacher has a responsibility to ensure uh, that the knowledge and virtue that is supposed to be inculcated is, is inculcated in each and every student. 
but we don't begin the process of education by asking a child what they're interested in or what they particularly want to learn. Um, it's not a child-guided education. And that stems from our educational philosophy that says that there are particular bodies of knowledge that any education, educated person needs to know. And that the teacher is the person who possesses that knowledge and therefore is responsible for conveying it to their students. Um, right now, a lot of modern education uh, likes to begin from the premise that students need to find their own path. Mm-hmm. And while there is certainly some truth to the notion that not all students learn exactly the same way or have the same strengths or same interests, it does not follow then that we should simply uh, cater to those as our educational philosophy. Uh, there is important knowledge that kids need to know, and the teacher's responsibility is to transmit that knowledge. And apparently you will be a school that will be very much in touch with parents and honor and respect the legal parental rights that we we wish more schools did, but they uh, there's a trend to not do that. that that's obviously going to be your approach, right? That's right. Um, a big component of the philosophy that we bring to the educational process is the recognition that we are partners with families, with parents, um, and that they are not simply uh, handing over their children to an institution who then gets free reign with their children. There's been a lot of, uh, I think, paying attention uh, to schools today in part because parents felt that they didn't know and didn't realize what was being taught. We will not uh, allow every parent to simply dictate what it is that their child is going to learn, but we will make sure that they are informed. And if they don't uh, agree, we will uh, certainly make sure that we're not hiding anything from them. Um, We want parents to be able to say, this is where I want my child to go, and this is the material I want my child to learn, and I know what it is, I know who's teaching it, and how it's being taught. And so transparency is very, very important to us. Um, as a as a governing principle and how we engage with parents and families. I'm reading on your website that, you know, about the importance of classical and civic virtues in the formation of the American citizen. And I just want to stand up and cheer um, because I just want your comments on, on this this issue that, you know, it seems like we can no longer have civil discourse on so many subjects in America. And, you know, with the woke mob that comes after you, no matter what, on the slightest triviality. So isn't it so important, more important than ever, to educate our children about America and the American experiment and the liberties that we have that are so unique? I do. I think that's very important. And I think it goes even beyond... um you know, just the American experience in itself, although obviously this is um, one of the, the great, you know, republics over the course of human history predicated upon ideas and principles that are true. Um, but part of the inability of, of folks to engage, I think, in, in civil discourse uh, is a reflection of, in part, not entirely, but a reflection of uh, educational philosophies that ask students more uh, how they feel about something than to think with clarity about their feelings. So let's pause right there, and we will return to this interview in the second segment. But let me just make this comment. This inability for young people to process information and to actually appreciate the truth 
is becoming, I think we're all seeing, an epidemic in our culture. When I go, for instance, to give presentations in public high schools, and I've been doing that for over 20 years, it is astonishing to me how high school seniors in the public schools have changed. Many more of them now reflect a mind that has been completely indoctrinated with feelings and a resistance to reflecting on facts and new information. So we will return to our interview with the headmaster of the new Columbus Classical Academy. After these messages, I'm Linda Harvey here on Mission America Radio. Don't go away. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And so we're talking today about a wonderful new school that's opening next fall, Columbus Classical Academy, CCA, and it is a Hillsdale College curriculum school. And if you know anything about Hillsdale College, you will appreciate just how fine an alternative that becomes. We've been talking with Dan Gibson, who is the headmaster of CCA, and where we left off was where we were discussing the importance of teaching about the founding of America, the formation of a truth-oriented citizen. And so let's just recap a little bit of where we were, and we will continue with my interview with Dan Gibson. Isn't it so important, more important than ever, to educate our children about America and the American experiment and the liberties that we have that are so unique? I do. I think that's very important, and I think it goes even beyond, um, you know, just the American experiment itself, although obviously this is um, one of the the great, you know, republics over the course of human history predicated upon ideas and principles that are true. Um, But part of the inability of of folks to engage, I think, in in civil discourse uh, is a reflection of, in part, not entirely, but a reflection of uh, educational philosophy that asks students more uh, how they feel about something than to think with clarity about their feelings. And when you have a battle of feelings versus feelings, there's really no mechanism for resolution. And we need to return to the notion that people can have civil discourse if they recognize that there is moral reasoning that can be engaged in, that there are political disagreements that come from uh, a disagreement over first principles and identify those first principles and be able to articulate clearly, uh, not because you're threatened by a contrary idea, but because you genuinely want, uh, in, in the model of the founders, to engage in reflection and choice uh, rather than mere impulse. And I think that's the kind of citizen that we hope to, uh, hope to produce uh, through the formation of both character and, and knowledgeable uh, citizens uh, from Columbus Classical Academy. Well, this sounds very promising and uh, like a great option for a lot of families. So tell us your website. Uh, the website is columbusclassical.org. Uh, it has a, obviously a number of pages there with different uh, pieces of information from the curriculum to the information nights to um, our philosophy of virtue. Uh, and um, I would encourage folks, it also uh, obviously has the admissions page now that we're accepting applications. Uh, and if you're at all interested or even have questions, there's a general email as well that uh, folks can email to at cca uh, at columbusclassical.org, uh, and we'll be happy to answer any questions folks have. 
Okay, thank you very much. And I ask my listeners to pray for CCA and to check out your website. Thank you very much, Linda. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So I urge you folks to check out Columbus Classical Academy. And so I want to um, just talk about something that is somewhat related. The very prestigious publication, City Journal, uh, which is where Christopher Rufo, you may recall his name, he has published many of his articles at City Journal. He's the guy in the last few years exposing critical race theory influenced teachings in schools, radical gender ideology, you could also call it. Well, Rufo is a contributing editor at City Journal, and they just came out with the results of a study that they commissioned of over 1,500 18 to 20-year-old young people, and over 80% of them either just finished or are just about to graduate from a public high school. So they asked these young people about whether they had been taught while they were in high school lessons that included radical racial ideology, in other words, lessons based on critical race theory. And you can probably guess what the outcome was. Despite the claims of the mainstream media and many progressives and pundits that, quote, CRT is not being taught in schools, unquote, and that it is only being taught at the graduate school level, and so on, despite the fact that we have a position paper refuting this on the missionamerica.com website, that's one thing I could claim, but yes, indeed, it is being taught, and in the City Journal survey, these kids gave us the truth. Here's what they reported. 62% said they had been told in high school that America is a systemically racist country. 67% remembered somewhere along the line being taught that America is built on stolen land. That's another claim we hear out there all the time. And a majority of them were told that white people have unconscious biases that negatively affect non-white people. Also that white people have white privilege and also that America is a patriarchal society. Also 62% said they recall being taught that the main reason for outcome gaps, that is economically, academically, and so on, outcome gaps between the races was because of discrimination. Yes, it's discrimination, folks. It's not that you don't, people don't take advantage of opportunities or it's the breakdown of the family structure or other issues. No, it's discrimination racial discrimination of presumably white people against people of color. On the gender issue, over half of these kids reported that they were taught that gender is a choice regardless of biological sex, and a third were taught that there are many genders. So in spite of the claims that CRT is not being taught in public schools, this survey is just one more evidence that indeed it is incorporated regularly into lessons in many schools, as is the promotion of far-left LGBTQ identities and behaviors and ideas and all the harm that could come from that. These concepts are inaccurate, friends, and you all know that, they are full of factual holes and easily contradicted by anyone open to a fair debate, weighing facts, not feelings, not anecdotes, but facts. And increasingly, our young people, though, in public schools are being steered away 
from fair discussions that include reality and being filled with radical, harmful, divisive fantasies about race, sexuality, and gender. So on the Protect Ohio Children website, and I'm a board member of that group, we have over 100 school districts in Ohio where we have received information on some of these radical issues being taught in schools, information given to us by brave whistleblowers about radical teaching, and there are many reports of critical race theory books, lessons, policies being incorporated into Ohio schools. If you want to look through these Ohio examples, just go to protectohiochildren.net and look under the indoctrination map link. That's all we have time for today, friends. Just remember that with God, all things are still possible. I hope you have a great day. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.